All right, Ali 2 welcome back for part, what is this, part three on crowd management and control? I think so. We're only on slide 14, so um, to see how many of you are listening to the podcast, I will tell you that we will not have the quiz tomorrow on Friday. Uh, this I'm going to have to defer until Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday at the latest, uh, because of the pace of getting through the slideshow. There's just an awful lot to talk about. Um so I'm sure I'm probably still going to get a bunch of emails on that. So we had a, a few reviews, um, positive reviews from you guys on email about how much you like the podcast. So figured I'd tell you a, about a few of those. <coughs> um, here's one. Officer Turner's gotten boring. What happened to him? Huh. Okay. Well, that was pretty funny. You're, you're pretty funny looking person i'm not going to give a name out on that one all right here's one why do i keep getting this crap in my email jason i don't have a jason in any of my classes so all right who sent jason my podcast all right let's try this one boomer doomer in all caps yeah i, I know what that means i'm not a boomer i'm gen x all right here we go i have never ever heard a better podcast before in my life I've never even heard a podcast in my life because they are for old people. Hashtag okay boomer. Again, I'm not a boomer. I am Gen X. Look it up. Uh, how much longer will this go on? I can't take it anymore. Someone cough on officer turn. Really? All right, fine. All right, let's move on with our material then. We're talking about procedures and stuff. Now, you guys remember the incident command structure. At least I hope you do because we covered that through FEMA. Um, see how many y'all actually didn't sleep through it, but hopefully we can skip that part since you have. Um, oh man, my slides are all out of place. I really dislike these Chromebooks. I have so much empathy for you guys in the future using these things. All right, let's go to crowd management equipment that we're going to need. Uh, barriers such as fencing and ropes. Now those fences that you're seeing a picture of on this slide, <coughs> those... <coughs> <coughs> <clears throat> no, I don't have the coronavirus. This happened to hit me during allergy season. Um, those barriers, really, only larger agencies have the police line barriers. Because we don't have anywhere to store them at police departments for smaller agencies. What we'll do is we'll go to Streets Department or Parks Department. And we usually get their standard uh, uh, red and white ones. They have the little slanted lines across them. And uh, we can use those to direct traffic where an officer doesn't have to, to sit there and actually babysit it and it is a traffic offense to cross the line anyway so if we catch them doing it then uh, we can write them a ticket for it most of the time we're going to use cones we can also use surveillance cameras uh, if you guys have ever seen the uh, the scissor jack towers we have we call them sky towers <laughs> those are equipped with uh, remote monitors cam remote monitor cameras to where we can get into our um, our um, uh, our big vans that we use for emergency uh, situations, we can sit there and, and tap into those cameras remotely. And then we have a, an eye in the sky, basically. It's like a, a drone, but not really, you know, having to spend the, the fuel or the, uh, the effort flying a drone. Uh, we also put up instructional signage. And we want to put these up in as advanced as, uh, amount of time as possible. Because we also want to alert people, motorists, that they're not going to be able to use that roadway for a while. <clears throat> now, we also want to bring crowd control equipment. We want to bring a lot of restraints. 
Now you guys know we don't have a whole lot of handcuffs. They're, they're steel. Officers don't want to carry a whole bunch of those things around. So what are we going to use besides handcuffs? That's right, zip ties. Not just regular zip ties. We don't just go to Home Depot and get those regular zip ties because they have sharp edges. These are actual human restraint zip ties that we get through police supply companies. They have the rounded edges that will not dig into their skin. Because remember, if you are restraining somebody as a form of punishment, then you're doing it wrong. These You're restraining somebody to simply keep them from either getting away or assaulting you. <coughs> Protective shields, <coughs> helmets, and masks. Um, the helmets that we use are the, uh, the old military issue Kevlar helmets. <clears throat> they have protective shields that slide down in the front. When they're talking about masks, we're talking about the, uh, the chemical masks. Because a lot of times we're going to throw out a, a chemical irritant into these crowds. Whether it be CS gas or pepper gas to try to get them to disperse. And if we breathe it in and it knocks us out of action, then it's counterproductive for us. <clears throat> they won't have less than lethal weaponry. Uh, which includes our batons, uh, which we use quite often in riot situations, uh, especially for close-up. Um, <coughs> gosh, I can't stop coughing. I don't want to call it battle. Uh, close-up confrontations, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, the batons are for better use. Now, again, I wish uh, we were in the classroom so I could teach you guys how to do this. If you, if you ever see an officer in a riot that's swinging a baton over their head, and into a crowd, they're doing it wrong uh, because that is deadly force. What we use the batons for is for crowd separation. We do jabs. We do short, quick jabs into a crowd as we're pushing our police line forward. <clears throat> if you take a, a baton jab to the stomach, you are going to move. I guarantee you it's very painful. It's not a permanent pain usually, and <clears throat> it'll get your attention very quickly. <clears throat> if you're swinging over top of your head, you're probably hitting people in the head, which could kill them. So, like I said, it's deadly force. Um, we also have impact ammunition. Now, when when people call them rubber bullets, that's a little bit of a misnomer. And I think I called them rubber bullets yesterday. What they are is they are round balls of lead, like a fishing weight, and they are coated in rubber. So, these things can still be deadly. If somebody gets hit in the head with the, with the rubber bullet, there is a good chance that they will die from it. So we, we try not to use the rubber bullets as much as possible. What we try to do is to aim them at the feet of the protesters. If you catch a rubber-lined piece of lead in the shin, you will go to the ground. It's going to be extremely painful. Hopefully it's not going to break a bone. If it does, it's not going to be fatal. <clears throat> but that's how we use that ammunition. Now, if you think about the problem with that, if the angle I'm pointing it at the ground, if it doesn't hit anything, what's it going to do when it hits the ground? That's right, it's going to bounce up. And then somebody further down the road can get hit in the head. So we do run a higher risk of incidental injuries uh, by using the impact ammunition. Uh, we try not to use it unless a crowd is extremely violent. And this is because we really, really, really don't want to use live ammunition. So this is one step below live ammunition. <clears throat> Chemical grenades are very popular for us because we can we can lob them from a distance. Usually we have a um, actual, it's a handheld machine, looks kind of like the M40 grenade launcher for the military. Um, it just, you, you hear the boom, and you can shoot it, you know, probably 100 yards out. I, I can't remember the distance of these things, uh, but it gets you, it gets it further away from you to where you don't even have to breathe in the, uh, the, the chemicals that's being ejected from it. <clears throat> 
All right, this stuff, is it, it may or may not be needed, so you always want to have it close by. Uh, we always had a riot trailer, had all this equipment on there for us. It was unmarked. We didn't put on there, hey, riot trailer, because then, you know, the, the rioters would go in there and they'd start using this stuff against us. It was just a very nondescript trailer that we would bring to the scene, and we would open it up as needed. Uh, luckily, my agency, we never had to use it, so nobody ever really knew what the heck our trailer was for. Um, so that's good for the next time if, if we ever have to use it again. Now, crowd management training. Uh, it should be required for all officers. Unfortunately, it's not. Like I said, you need to ask your, your department for the free FEMA training, or I mean uh, Department of Homeland Security training. It is absolutely fantastic. And what these uh, classes do is they help to underline um, the civil rights that people have against you. Um, because as a cop, when you put all this gear on, your adrenaline is going to be just absolutely popping. It's going to be coming out of your pores. And if you cannot control that adrenaline, you're going to get out there going, yeah, baby, stick time. And you're going to be hitting everybody left and right. And you're going to be having the best day of your life until it ends. And then you lose your career and you go to prison. And it's not so fun anymore. So this, this training actually helps you to understand what's going to go through your mind when that adrenaline is going to pop and, and what's going to happen. Uh, I came, the only time I ever came close to a riot was the, um, the 1989 uh, Virginia Beach uh, Greek riots. Uh, if y'all ever want to uh, Google that or YouTube that, I was in the Virginia National Guard at the time. And we were activated by the governor of Virginia at the time because these riots were, were getting pretty violent. And uh, they were just burning down Virginia Beach. And we loaded up on charter buses. And by the time we got there and we got into line and we were just, man, our adrenaline was just through the roof. Uh, we got there. As soon as we lined up, everybody quit riding. So we didn't even get to do anything. I was so mad. I was so excited to get into a riot because we had gone through so much training for the, just that specific event. All right, it also helps you to differentiate between what's a lawful and what's an unlawful assembly. Because remember, we have a First Amendment right to peacefully assemble. But they're going to teach you at what point does it become non-peaceful. And at that point, it's not a lawful assembly. So you get to engage in... Um, a few extra police powers that you couldn't before. Uh, we're going to teach you what's the difference between active and passive resistance and how to overcome both of them. Uh, active resistance is somebody comes up to you <coughs> and hits you with a stick. Passive resistance is somebody sits down on the, the floor and says, I'm not moving, this is my protest. Or I'm going to chain myself to this bulldozer so you can't tear down this beautiful tree. Uh, that's passive resistance. You, you can't just walk up to a passive resistant person and just start beating the crap out of them with your club. Uh, that's going to end you in, up in prison. So we teach you how to handle each of those. Uh, we're going to teach you how to spot your group leaders. How to differentiate between them and your followers. Innocent bystanders and victims. And then we're going to teach you how to recognize the, um, the signs of crowd escalation. And how to disintegrate a crowd. <coughs> and how to safely use crowd control techniques. And I can tell this is going to be a short podcast because... I'm outside and my allergies are all fired up. <clears throat> Alright, so. It's going to include basic police tactics and procedures uh, during crowd management control. Communication is key. I'm talking about communicating not only with you and, and your fellow officers, but communicating with the protesters. Now, in this kind of a situation, it's sort of like the felony traffic stop. We only want one voice for the police. If we have multiple voices, chances are we're going to be issuing conflicting commands. 
one officer's gonna be like, get on the ground. One other officer's gonna be like, uh, put your hands in the air. One officer's gonna be like, put your hands behind your back. And, and the, the people aren't gonna know what to do. So what we do is we give our PA system to one person and they are the only one that's gonna issue any commands. That way there's no confusion with the protesters whatsoever. Teamwork is important. I wish that I could teach you guys the formations that we use. They're actually pretty fun, uh, especially when you, when you um, I hate to say attack a line of protesters, but that's the term we use. You're not really assaulting them. When you're addressing a line of, of, uh, of protesters, when you're pushing them back, we're going to teach you guys the stomp, shove, stomp shovel, stomp shovel uh, technique that we use. Basically, you take one step forward with your left foot, you shuffle your right foot behind it, and you yell, step back. Everybody yells at the same time. Everybody does another stomp forward, shuffle their right foot back. Everybody yells, step back. And you keep doing this in unison, and you kind of look like uh, uh, the 300 Spartans. It's pretty cool. Uh, and it's intimidating to these people, too. And usually they'll go ahead and step back because they know that, you know, you know what you're doing. <clears throat> um, use of force. We all need to be on the same sheet of music for that. When to use force, when not to use force. Uh, when to make an arrest. Now, we have arrest teams within a riot thing. If you're on the front line of a riot, you're not just going to go into a crowd. Okay, sir, you're under arrest because you threw a bottle. Because you're going to get surrounded very quickly and bad things are going to happen to you. And you're going to have a very bad day. Now, we have teams that stand behind the line of uh, riot officers. What we'll do is the riot officers will open up a gap. The arrest team, made of five or six officers, will go out. They'll extricate the person that needs to be arrested, drag them back behind the line. The line will close again, and the arrest team takes care of the issue. <clears throat> and then also, they have to issue first aid if needed. All right, well, I'm going to end here. For me, it's slide 19 again with Chromebook. I have no idea where I'm really at. But... Uh, uh, we are not going to have a quiz on this again until Monday or Tuesday because of the, the slow pace of going through the slides. Um, but look for a discussion topic. I'm going to go in there here shortly and add a discussion. And remember, it is mandatory. And if you don't hear from me before uh, the weekend, have a good weekend.